Here's the upside to calling people who don't know who you are. For all the talk that everything has gone digital, for all the talk of the independent buyer's journey, buyers today are increasingly overwhelmed and confused by all of the information that's out there. And they are desperately looking for people, yes, even salespeople, who have insights that can benefit them. Welcome to the Sales Genius Podcast. I'm Doug Davidoff, your host. And today, I'm going to seek to answer the age-old question, the age-old debate, is cold calling dead? Now, I can't tell you how long I've heard the debate about whether or not cold calling is dead. I think the first time I saw somebody say, somebody reputable say that cold calling was dead was the early 1990s. So we're coming up on almost 30 years of arguing about whether or not cold calling is dead. Why is it coming up again today? Well, I was on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago and somebody who I know well was hosting their own podcast, bringing somebody on who is also well known, who is making the claim that cold calling is dead. So let's answer the question. Is cold calling dead? No, it's not dead. Um, If it were dead, there would be a whole lot fewer cold calls happening. Let's answer the question that, that maybe is really the question that's being asked. Should cold calling be dead? Well, the answer to that question really comes down to how do you define the term cold call? Now, I personally don't like to get into the debates around what's a cold call versus what's a warm call versus what's a this. I don't even like the the debate. I think it does us all a disservice when we talk about uh, responding to inbound leads versus outbound leads because, you know, frankly, we create this illusion that, well, if I do the tactic this way, people will warmly greet me. And if I do the tactic that way, they won't. So, you know, here's my take on it. First off, anytime you call someone that has not talked to you, that you have no defined relationship with, and please understand, I don't care if someone has downloaded 13 things on your website. I don't care if someone has even requested a demo. Sometimes they're expecting your call, but all you have to do is talk to a rep who responds to request a demo inquiries to find out, Connecting with those people isn't a whole lot easier than connecting with somebody else. So please, let's not get lost in this game that because someone downloads a white paper or a checklist or something else on your website, they're now an inbound lead. So your initial call out to them is perceived or received any differently than something else. So if you've not talked with them, if you have no defined pre-existing relationship with them, if they are not expecting your call... It's a cold call, no matter what you call it. Now, if calling it a warm call, if calling it something else makes you feel better in what you're doing, if that gives you more confidence, then then more power to you. You see, here's the thing. The difference between a cold call and a warm call is not that one's cold, one's warm, so one's good, one's bad. 
You see, it's not that cold calling is dead or that cold calling should be dead. It's that bad calling is dead, right? Or at least bad calling should be dead. I, I'm, I'm mistaken. Bad calling is not dead. There are still far more bad calls than there are good calls. It's the bad call. It's the poorly executed call that's the problem. Let me be clear. If I know who Bill Smith is, and I know Bill Smith is at ABC Company, and I know that ABC Company is smack in the middle of my ideal client profile, and that Bill Smith is a primary persona that I want to be engaged with and I want to have a business relationship with, I would be foolish to wait for Bill Smith to find me. I would be foolish to wait to respond to that. As a matter of fact, if I believe that my solution solves a real problem and I believe there's a good chance that Bill Smith at ABC Company has that problem, then I absolutely should connect with him. I should not wait for that to happen. And, and that's going to involve a cold call. The, the reason it's called a cold call is because it's a cold open. It's not pre-planned. It's not set up. And so there's a psychological component to what's happening here. Now, I will tell you for the record, we, you know, I'd imagine we don't call them cold calls. We call them connect calls, right? The definition for us of a connect call is we're making that first connection. We're striving to have that first meaningful conversation. We call every, every call before the first meaningful conversation a connect call. And the reason we call it that is because the psychology has a lot in common. So here's the psychology of a cold call for both buyers and sellers. And, and it's why this question has been around for 30 years. I, I think deep down, I don't want to say everybody, but deep down, there are a lot of people who would like the cold call to be dead because, well, it's really misunderstood. And even when you understand it, it you know, it's not necessarily the funnest call. It, it's not... I, I, I don't agree with the people who say, you know, the initial call is the hardest job in sales. Making the connection is the hardest job in sales. It, it's a challenge, you know, getting that connect, getting a conversation has a unique set of challenges to it that, that, that does make it hard. Um, but, but by no means is it actually the hardest, most difficult sales job that's out there. So what is the psychology of the cold call? It really comes down to this. You're jumping into the unknown, Right. For the seller, you're jumping into the unknown because you're reaching out to a group of people where, you know, even if you've done your research, you're still not certain of anything. And, you know, it's like going out on that blind date. You know, you've been told all about them, but, you know, what's going to happen when you say hi? What, what are they actually going to be like? Um, also, as the seller, you don't even know if they're going to be there. You don't know what's going to be going on. You don't know if someone's going to answer the call. It's just a whole lot of unknown. For the buyer, it's the same thing, right? The buyer didn't know you were calling. They weren't expecting the call. That makes it an interruption, right? When there's an interruption, we actually have a biochemical response to that interruption. Interruptions are actually painful, right? And so for, for both parties, we're right on the edge and our reptilian brain is firing off because we're right on the edge of our fear response, we're right on the edge of a fight-flight response, not because of the call, but because of the context of the situation where the call happens. I should also add that from the seller's perspective, 
because you don't know if someone's going to be there. And based on the numbers that exist today, you know, when you work, say, a group of 100 contacts, the vast majority of them aren't going to be there. They're not going to answer the phone. You're, you're going to get a lot of voicemails. You're going to get a lot of assistance. You know, and lo and behold, as you make the call and wait, make the call and wait, make the call and wait, make the call, the person's not there, make the call, the person's not there, make the call. All of a sudden, the very person that you want to talk to is right there, and you need to, you need to be prepared to initiate that conversation as though you had absolutely expected them to be there. Because of that rote nature, you know, it frankly can get a little bit boring. You can kind of get into this routine of not expecting them to be there. So, you know, sometimes, and as I've listened to calls, sometimes the salesperson sounds more shocked to initiate the conversation than the person who got the call was that a sales conversation has begun. Here's the upside to cold calling. Here's the upside to that connect call. Here's the upside to calling people who don't know who you are. For all the talk that everything has gone digital, for all the talk of the independent buyer's journey, buyers today are increasingly overwhelmed and confused by all of the information that's out there. And they are desperately looking for people, yes, even salespeople, who have insights that can benefit them. They're looking for people who have insights from those that can understand them, understand the specific problems or opportunities that they may be dealing with, especially the ones that they're not fully familiar with, and that are capable, and sometimes even more importantly, willing to help them make sense of it all. Right. So for all the, the talk that Nobody wants to talk to a salesperson. Nobody wants to take a call. It's really not true. And and the reason that they behave that way is because, well, frankly, so many of the calls being made are so bad, are so the opposite of what they're looking for or what they want, that you are guilty until proven innocent. And so here are some keys for success with cold calling. And the first key is... Because you are guilty until proven innocent, don't look, feel, act, or sound like all those people who make all those crappy calls. As, as we like to say, just say no to shitty cold calls. Just say no to shitty connect calls. But I, I got to tell you, in, in the calls that I listen to, I actually find that the response to inbound leads tend to be far, far worse than most cold calls that I hear. That's not to say that the cold calls are good by any means, but but I believe one of the reasons for that is that there's a complacency. There's the expectation that they want to talk or that they're ready or whatever the case may be. So the first thing is look different, act different, feel different, walk different, talk different than the typical crappy salesperson making crappy calls. How do you do that? Number one, have a plan. Have a plan of attack. Have a process that you follow. Right, good connect calls, good initial calls, good first calls follow a plan designed to manage the psychology that's there. Uh, we produced for the Sales Genius Network a uh, really brief training video on how to master that first conversation. If you're looking for a plan of attack, join the Sales Genius Network. If you're not a member right now or if you are, jump in and, and grab that workshop 
Uh, I think we even have a worksheet associated to it laying out that plan, but have a good solid plan for that initial call. Secondly, have a point of view, right? Far too often, a reason that cold calls fail, a reason that your initial calls, your connect calls aren't working is they're boring. They don't say anything. They don't mean anything. We're, we're so vanilla or so broad or, or so over the top that there's nothing there. You know, it's okay to get a no. Sometimes the best conversations start off with a disagreement on a point of view that is delivered. If I can't disagree with what you're saying, I can't agree with what you're saying. One of the biggest mistakes I see made in those connect calls is we're so afraid of rejection. We're so afraid of getting the no that we don't say anything that could get a yes. You know, marketers used to deal with it. A number, a number of them still do. But marketers used to be paranoid of the opt-out. And, and we've now come to understand that, you know, as long as those numbers don't get too high, there's nothing per se wrong if someone opts out of a marketing email. As a matter of fact, hey, good to know that you're definitely not interested. Right? Don't be afraid of the no. Give a strong point of view. Know what game you're playing and the context of the situation. So at Imagine, as an example, our sales cycle is pretty long, especially if we're reaching out to somebody because we don't know where they are in the process. So we're playing a game we call target and cultivate, right? So we're not selling on that first call. Our goal is not to get a sales qualified lead. We're not, we're not even selling the appointment on that first call. We're establishing the basis for a relationship. We're selling the reason to have an ongoing conversation, right? Know the game that you're playing. Know the context. You know, it's not every time is not the right time to be selling. Slow the process down. Stop sounding so desperate for the meeting. Stop jump. Stop pushing or jumping to, hey, that's why we should talk, right? Like make it clear that you should talk. But what I find is the best first calls perform when the salesperson has a degree less urgency than the buyer does, right? Make no mistake about it. If you've done a good job identifying your ideal client profile and a good job identifying the people that you should be talking to. Now, by the way, if you haven't done that, then you are not cold calling. You are crappy calling and you shouldn't be doing that. If you've done a good job of that, then you know with a fair degree what are the likely problems that people will have. That doesn't mean they're going to have them at that moment in time. Here's my promise to you. If you have a plan, deliver a point of view, and somebody has a problem that you're talking to, they will engage in conversation with you because they want to solve their problems. So when you slow down the process, you actually create the space for the person you're talking to to move forward. Focus on being helpful in your cold call, especially on the first call or in your first calls until there's a defined issue. By the way, you should be helpful all the way through. But goal number one is be helpful. Have a point. Have a anecdote to share, share a piece of data, have some insight to share that's valuable and helpful to the people that you're trying to build a relationship with. And then the last thing to do, the last tip for successful cold calling, connect calling, whatever you want to call it, is play the long game. 
Let me share with you. If, if you're calling a hundred people, it's a fairly good bet that 90 out of those hundred, you probably won't even talk to in the round that you're going through, right? So, so let's just say at the absolute most, you're going to succeed 10 out of a hundred times. And, you know, if you're bad, you'll succeed one or two times, right? So, so the game that we're playing is eight out of a hundred. So, so let's say you're pretty good. You're, you're succeeding three to four times out of every hundred names that you're working. Let's say you get three to five, right? Instead of succeeding three out of a hundred, now you only succeed five out of a hundred times. That's a 2% performance improvement. You're now successful 2% more frequently. 3%, 3 out of 100 to 5%, 5 out of 100. But you've gone from increasing the universe from 3 to 5. That's an increase of 67% yield. A 2% improvement in performance brings a 67% increase in yield. By the way, if you're successful 5% of the time and you go to 7, that 2% performance improvement yields 40% more next conversations. Connect calling is a highly leverageable game. Play the long game. Realize it's small improvements. It's improving the small numbers that really increase the big yields. Those are the people who are most successful with this type of outreach. And regardless of of the industry or the style or the product that you're selling, if you have a plan, have a point of view, know the game you're playing and and operate within the context of of the situation, slow the process down, you're helpful and you play the long game, you'll see success with cold calling, whatever you call it. That's today's edition of the Sales Genius Podcast. Don't forget, join the network at salesgeniusnetwork.com. If you have any sales questions or topics that you want us to cover, please let us know. We'd love to talk about it on a future podcast. And until next time, go out and be a sales genius.